today, I want to continue to speak about, I think what we've been talking about this, but I just want to zero in a little bit and talk about, yeah, you know, if you can come this afternoon for the conference that Mfundisi was, Bishop was talking about, I want to encourage you to do so. What a service last night we had. There was such a presence of the Lord. You know, God is working in the church, in the body of Christ. There's something. I don't know if you can feel it. I don't know if you can sense it, but we're not where we used to be. Not just for us as a church, but there's something that God is doing in the body of Christ. There's a stirring. There's a positioning. There's a calling up that God is calling us into. And at the same time, there's a transition. There's a transition that God is is calling us into. You know, yesterday we also received a prophetic picture. I really liked it from one of our our, our friends in ministry. She comes to OSSM, which was one of the ministers yesterday. She did a prophetic painting. And on the prophetic painting, she had a seashore. She, I mean, she had sand by the seashore and footsteps. So the footsteps look like you're walking into the sea. So obviously, once you get into the waters, you can't see the footsteps, Right. And she was just saying, I sense in my heart that as a church, you are in transition. And I absolutely started laughing. It just in, I, I enjoyed that word because it's, it's exactly what we are feeling. We've been feeling it for the past few weeks, months, that God is transitioning us to walk where we've never walked before, to walk by faith and to walk on water. Hallelujah. He's calling us into deeper dimensions. He's calling us higher. He's calling us into, into, in, into an upgrade. And I'm telling you, it's not just us. Amen. Hallelujah. Mm. Change to God where the sound is coming from. Hallelujah. Glory be to the Lord. So he's calling us into a higher dimension and into a deeper place and a deeper walk with him. And I really want to encourage you to decide in your heart that even if you don't understand what God is doing, you are making the shift. Because God is calling us to make a shift in this season. It's going to be good. It's going to be exciting. But it does require a shift in our hearts. A shift in our thinking. And I just sense in my own personal life that I'm in a season where God is demanding that I shift the way I think. I shift the way I see things. I shift the way I do things. And, I, and, and I've said yes to that. And I'm stepping into that and I'm determined to, to push in and to pursue into what, however, whatever I need to, price I need to pay. I'm willing to pay the price because I want the next level. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're going to start with Ephesians chapter 2. It says, but God still loved us with such great love. Hallelujah. We are so loved. Amen. Tell your neighbor you're loved. He is so rich in compassion and mercy. Even when we were dead and doomed in, in our many sins, you united us into the very life of Christ. Hallelujah. I can't hear you, church. I don't think you heard what I read. It says, even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins, he united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, just that is enough for us to rejoice. Because God called us and united us with Christ. Called us out of our many sins. And he forgave us. But if you know what this means, it means that even before you gave your life to the to the to to, to Christ, God had actually made a provision for you to be united with Christ. 
before you even said yes. So in other words, God did this for the whole world. He made a provision for the whole world to be united with Christ way before we were created. Way before you, you, you existed, God had already made a provision for the world. God had already made a provision for you and me to be united into the life of Christ. So in other words, there's absolutely nothing that I could do to end that love. God gave me a gift that I didn't even ask for. <laughs> in my ignorance, I didn't even know I needed it. But God gave me the gift. Now, for that gift to work for me, I need to be able to receive it and to reciprocate it in my life. So when I come into the house of the Lord and I lift up my hands and I give my life to the Lord and I invite Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior, when I accept that I'm a sinner and I accept that I'm unable to change myself, only Christ's blood can wash me. And when we do the sinner's prayer at the end of every, 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 every teaching, what we are doing is that we are saying we are entering into what was already done and paid for and stored up for us. Amen. When I say yes to Christ, I am simply entering into what God had already ordained for me. So one of the things about maturing and growing in the things of God, we're talking about transitioning, amen. One of the things about it is that maturing and growing in the things of God is not necessarily getting so much information, so much revelation, but it's realizing and growing into realizing who we are in Christ. It's being aware. It's learning ourselves afresh. So in other words, God did a work before I came on the scene. Amen. And there is a destiny in God and in Christ. Hallelujah. That was done before I came on the scene. And that destiny, the Bible begins to even tell us in, in Psalms 139 that in, it says that all the days of my life were numbered and were written of me. So God has a script, a hidden script in heaven. There is a room with your name on it, and only there are shelves and shelves and shelves and shelves of many, many books that talk about you. When God wrote things about you, about your life, about who you are, about who he created you to be and who he wanted you to be, and you know, one of the things that the enemy has done for us as Christians is that we enter into Christianity, we receive Christ, we come to church, but we've never entered into those rooms. We've never discovered what actually God thinks about us, the plans that he has for us, the destiny that he has for us, the desires that he has for us. And you know what the saddest thing is? We don't even believe that there's a room with your name on it that has books in it about your everyday life. Unbelief, lack of faith, indifference, but many times unbelief. The enemy has struck us so much that we don't believe in ourselves. We don't, we don't believe that God loves us. We don't believe that 
God thinks of anything good about us or for us. But we can never access those rooms and those realms until we dare to believe that perhaps God actually has good plans for me. I remember telling you about my story. I went into a meeting with the priest about Gideon. And I thought, wow, this, and, and lady, what am I Jehovah? What am I Jehovah? What am I Jehovah? And I heard that. And I was walking away from that meeting on my way home. I was, I think, in, in first year. Oh, no, I actually was still in high school. And I remember dismissing the word. I had a conversation in my head and I dismissed the word and I said, not me. And if you do it, you will go I'm sure married that Jehovah Zidiko, but I don't think I'm one of them. But I've come to tell you that Uri Maria Jehovah. God loves you. And he has good plans, hidden plans, wonderful plans. And you know, he clearly tells us the plans that I have for you, they are to prosper you and not to harm you. To give you an expected end. That's his desire. He said, I came that you may have life and have it in abundance. I came that you may have the God kind of life. Joy. The very life of God. That's why I came. That's what Christ says. I came that you may have life. That you may live. And not just survive. And that's for everyone. It is for everyone. The uneducated and educated. It is for everyone. The married and unmarried. It is for everyone. The divorced and the widowed. It is for everyone. All of us. God has plans for us. You know, God created you. That is a lie of the devil. God was mindful about you. God knows your name. God knows your makeup. God took time to create you, to make you. And he has a room that is volumes of book about you. And what he has written about you is good and not evil. I can feel, I can feel your doubts. I can feel your doubt. I know some of you are pushing the word to the person next to you. This is for you. It's for you, Mia. It's for you. And he said, he united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. Hallelujah. Saving is by grace. You know, one thing that the enemy wants to do as well, he wants to remind you of all the bad things that you've done. And it's important for us, the Bible says, we are not ignorant of his devices. It's important for us to understand that we have an enemy, an enemy who does not want us to prosper and to walk in the fullness of everything that God has for us. So there may be a nice room with all these wonderful books, that are written about you and the destiny and the goodness of the Lord and whatever it is that God has called you to become. Hallelujah. But there's also someone who does not want us to enter into that room. 
And that person is working 24-7 to make sure he discourages you. To end, he will study your life. He will bring things in your life that will frustrate you. He will put trips in your path that will trip you so that you do not enter into that place of destiny or the fullness of God or where God says, I came that you may have so way and have it in abundance. I'm not talking about living a life perfectly. Because as long as we're here in this world, the Bible says tribulations will come. Be not afraid, but trouble will come. For in the world you have tribulations, but be of good cheer. For I have overcome the world. That's what God says. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about living victoriously. Living victoriously, even in trials. Even in temptations, the sovereign life of God is too able to help us to live above our situations and circumstances. My greatest desire is to see believers beginning to thrive in victory and not to be tripped by every wind of doctrine. Because the enemy is going to make sure, he's going to fight. That's his portion. Baba Saraki. He's going to fight. He's going to try and inflict fear. He's going to try and discourage. And you will use your weakest spots. Some people you hear others talking. They're talking about me. They're saying this about me. And fear comes. Some people, it's problems. Maybe like, maybe things are not going according to plan. Or maybe you've tried the faith walk before. They said, they come to see this. Yes, that's one way that it gets believers to be to stay in a certain place. You know, yesterday we we're talking about how because of intimidation, you know what we begin to do? We live life in a safe place. I don't want to dare to believe these things that they are talking about. That maybe there's a room really that is that is for me, that was a journey I had to take. I did not think that God even saw I was there. I did not think that I I did not count myself as amongst people that God could even recognize and see. I didn't think I qualified. I, I Lest to, to preach the gospel, that was not even in my... We didn't think like that. There was, I can't even say I was afraid to preach the gospel. There was no there was no greed for preaching the gospel. It did not exist in my world. It was not part of the plan. I was not even able to think about it because it was beyond my imagination. It was outside of my imagination. And one of the things that I had to learn is to realize that I am loved. He does mean what he says. When he says he has a room, he has a room. That is thoughts about you. He thinks about you. He loves you. He cares about you. He has plans for you. Yes, he has plans for the person next door, but he's got plans for you. And they are to prosper and to bring you to an expected end. I don't know who you are. According to his plans. I don't know what he thinks about you. I don't know what plans he had. I don't know what desires he has about you. I don't know where he wants to take you. 
these things sometimes, as much as prophets will come and give you a little here, a little there, but it's actually a self-discovery journey. You have to step into it for yourself and by yourself. And you have to go after it. Hallelujah. So the Bible says that he raised us up with Christ, the exalted one. And we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of God's original design. Hallelujah. We've been talking about sitting in heavenly places. And the Bible says when we... In fact, he already did it. Remember, when we're dead and doomed in our many sins, it's still the same verse. He united us. That's the first thing he did. So God had a plan. And in that plan, you all start working down plan. But what God did is that through the death and resurrection of Christ, he united you. He made a provision. He united you into Christ and he raised you and seated. You know, I used to envy the 24 elders. I really used to. I was thinking, mm, and I don't think I'll be part of the 24 elders. They don't really tell us who they are. But I used to envy them. I'm like, in Gassau, they'll be sitting around the throne of God, just crying, holy, holy. They must be the most esteemed one of all of human creation. Amen. But God spoke to me the other day. He said, but where are you seated? Why are we seated? Because the Bible says we are seated at the right hand of the Father in Christ Jesus. And he says, but you are there. You are there. And I'm like, yeah, 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 I am. Yes, 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 I am. But I used to envy them. I used to think he does have until I realized, no, 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 no. When he rose, when Jesus rose from the dead, the Bible says he, he went to sit at the right hand of the Father. Now it also says that we are seated in heavenly places. Now I don't care if Jesus' seat is so wide that it can accommodate the whole world. Or it's round. I don't know if it's round. So that we're sitting all around him. But what I know is that I am there. Right there, seated with him. And I want to give you permission to think and to use your imagination. Because it's going to be difficult to walk in authority and in what God has created and, and given us if we don't use our minds. And we don't, as neighbor said, you need to see your position. You actually need to see it in picture form. You need to see yourself in heaven. You need some kind of a picture of heaven. After all, there are so many pictures that fill our minds. Don't you quite watch. We think in pictures many, many times. Or movies. There's always stuff that is happening in our minds. There are always things that we are thinking. Even as I'm speaking, some of you are not even listening. You are somewhere. But where you are, is it that you are there physically? You are there in your mind. Hallelujah. Have you ever, you know, the other time we had our... our Couples meeting, and one of the things that people were saying is like, ah, I've been trying to talk to my husband, and I realize he's not here. Maybe he's had a phone call from work, and I realize he's going to work. He's actually at work. He's solving a problem at work, even though he's sitting here. I can see him, and I can try to talk to him, but it's not going to work because his mind is elsewhere. So we have the ability to think with our minds. And one of the things that's going to help us to walk in this authority that we're talking about is that we need to find time to think about what God has done in our lives. 
this new creation reality that we are in Christ Jesus, seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We need time to think about it. You know, when we started, we're talking, you heard me pray, and I was saying, Lord, I'm coming in agreement. So what salvation means is that there's a finished work of Calvary here. God brought us into life in Christ Jesus before we gave our lives to the Lord. And he is we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And the Bible actually says, Sir, above all principalities and power and dominion and every name that is named, there is no Satan there. There is no devil there. There are no Satanists there. There are no demons there. It's far above all of that. And we need to be aware and to come in agreement with our position in Christ. We need to step into that place of authority and of freedom. And I like that place. I love it because there I know that I'm far above. Way above all principalities and dominions and anything and everything. The devil has got no hold on me. Now, this is what God has done. He's raised, raised you. There are the 24 elders around the throne. But you are there in heavenly places. You are there. That's God's plan and desire for you. Hallelujah. Amen. But you are here on the earth. And in order for, no, you can give your life to the Lord and go to heaven when you die. And never operate from this room. I am telling you, you can have an ordinary task, Christianity. And they said, I didn't catch up, kick, oh, kick, oh, kick, oh, you know why? Because he knows to do the pizza, but to put down the authority and the power and the things that you'll be able to do, you will destroy his kingdom. And he also knows he has no access to you when you are here. Far above all authority and powers and dominions. Far above everything, everything, and whatever the enemy wants to do. You know, this one lady gave her, gave me, I like, let me quote her example. She said she, she was in a vision. And in the vision, she was seated opposite Jesus. And Jesus was just looking at her, smiling. But all around her were armies of the devil. Many, many demons of any and every type. And they were scary. And they were carrying so much authority. So she kept looking at Jesus and looking at the demons. And eventually she said, but can't you see them? And he said, they cannot see you. Nor can they access you when you are with the king. But when we are in this place, far above all principality and dominion and power and authority, we are hidden in Christ. There's a scripture I love. It says we are enfolded in Christ. envelope. envelope. And when the enemy sees and comes, what is this? It's Jesus. Let me give you an example. I, one of my pastors gave an example of a mother. So, 
Scansa whatever, whatever, scan not to call them on your tanga, no one on your pet, Sira Akadai Akadai. Asiba wants to call and to call that chance. Because then the spirit realm, when the enemy sees me, I am enveloped in Christ. I am surrounded by Christ. You know, that's why we like that song. It might look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. The enemy can come. But what you don't know is that because I'm seated in heavenly places. I am here on earth, but I'm above. I am here on earth, but I'm ascended. I am in here on earth, but I'm so above. All principality, all powers, all authority, anything that the enemy may want to bring, so above. And when I'm looking for my place of authority, and I see what is happening on the earth, I don't need to live in fear. All I need to know is, what are you doing, Lord? What are you saying about my situation? And when God gives me a word and an answer, all I need to do is to agree. And I agree and I say, yes, it is well with my children. Yes, their future is bright standing by the promises of the Lord. Yes, they are walking in the ways of the Lord. Yes, they are aligned to the will of God. Yes, they are aligned to what you say. Yes, they are the hills of the Lord. They are prosperous in all their ways. Surely goodness and mercy is following them all the days of their lives. They will prosper. They will speak and declare the goodness of the Lord in the land of the Living. I thank you, Jesus, that they are planted by the rivers of living waters. I am my children. We are for sons and we are for hunters. You heard me speak, but I was there. I was speaking about my children. When are you speaking about yours? What are you saying about your situation? <laughs> Now, where we are going, we need to tell you, church. In the last days, the enemy is going to unleash more demons. He's going to unleash more problems. He's going to unleash more situations. And if we don't learn to live from here, we will end up as victims and not the victors that we are in Christ. We no longer have a choice for us and for the sake of the children. We need to learn and discover who we are and to see ourselves the way God sees us. Whatever it's going to take, how are we going to walk in this? We have to discover it by discovering what the Word of God says we are. And we come in agreement. If, if the Word of God says I'm seated in heavenly places, that's it. That's why I'm sitting. Does it mean I don't have problems? I may have problems, but I'm seated in heavenly places. I may have issues here on earth, but I'm more than a conqueror. There may be things that are not lining up here, but I'm above. And I'm not beneath. Is it talking about a lie? It's not talking about a lie. But when you have a situation, I was sharing with the, with the, with the creators that's on my way to. Yes, nine minutes. 
on my way to the service on Friday night. I just happened to look and I saw two little kids doing a sexual pose that could only have been from a pornographic movie. These are two, three years. And I was just talking about how in the book of Genesis, the Bible says that in the beginning, God created. Let's just read that. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And I was saying, what I'm telling you is dark. It is dark when we see two, three-year-olds exposed to pornography. And actually acting it out. It does not look good, church. The future of those children in the natural looks dark. And there are so many things in our lives that are dark. So many situations that look dark. And this is the world we live in. And it's going to try to make sure it's darker and darker and darker. That's why the Bible says gross darkness filled the earth. Serious. I want to encourage you. It has to be more than that. Because where we are going, it's going to be life and death situations and issues. And the Bible says, gross darkness cover the earth. It's gross darkness. So good come to school. Together my master gross darkness. Together my marriage is God darkness. Gross darkness. Come but my daughter guys that is on the good church. I should talk about no more than so good. It's no longer like that. Gross darkness. But the Bible says that God, the Spirit of the Lord, was offering. So in other words, there is this place where this gross darkness. Then there is this place in heavenly places where the Bible says the spirit was hovering over the face of the earth and God did something in gross darkness. We cannot run away from gross darkness. It is part of our calling, our DNA. God knew that there was going to be gross darkness in our generation and in the generation of our children. It will be worse. He knew that. But he also showed us how to deal when gross darkness comes and the spirit of the Lord is hovering over the situation of those two young children. I'm telling you, I'm going to look for them. I'm telling you, I'm going to find them. But even if I don't, I know that the spirit of the Lord is hovering and I've already gone into the heavenly realms and I've said, Father, have you seen this? Have you seen this gross darkness? Have you seen this wickedness? Have you seen this crazy situation? And his own hands have given me a promise and he said, I'm hovering. I am calling them out and I'm speaking life to them. So when I begin to pray, I am not praying off and out by gross darkness. I am not coming under gross darkness. I am not sitting under gross darkness. I am not operating under gross darkness. I refuse to agree with what I see in the natural. I refuse to rock according to what I see in the natural. I refuse to come under the testimony of the enemy in the national. I will not stand. 
But I will come here. And I will say, Spirit of the living God, I thank you that you're offering. It's a way to the Lord. And you begin to answer. And you begin to breathe upon that situation. I dare to believe what God has said about my situation. And I'm telling you, like him, I begin to create. And I begin to speak. I speak life to you, my children. I speak life to you, my children. I bless you with the goodness of the man. I bless you with the glory of God. I speak life to my business. I speak life to my children. I speak life to this church. I speak life to this situation. I say you will live and not die and declare the goodness of the Lord. In the land of the living, you will be harvested from that grace. In the name of Jesus, you are walking out from that grace. In the name of Jesus, I don't know what you need from the Lord today. I don't know what you want to see happening. I don't know what you want to see happening in your situation. Maybe you have no agenda. Maybe I don't know what you want to see happening. In anything But if you're here today, and there are some things you want to change, I've come to tell you, no one is going to come and change that situation for you. You need to step in into the heavenly places, into that place of ascendance where you are seated in heavenly places. I want you to know there's not a family that cannot be healed. There's not someone who cannot be saved. There's not an issue that cannot be solved. There is not anyone that when we call upon the name of the Lord, God can't hear, God can't save, God can't set free. So I will step into my place. I will sit in heavenly places. I will see myself in that place. And as the Holy Spirit helps us, as we wait on the Lord, as we wait on the Lord, God will give us a word and to begin to speak and declare. Come on, church. Why don't you stand up? If you need something from the Lord, I'm going to give you an opportunity to create your world. To create your world according to you. According to what God is saying, create your world. Refuse some things in your life. Refuse some things in your business. Refuse some things. We are more than conquerors. We are victorious. We are created to thrive, not survive. That is not our portion. That is not our portion. Refuse. 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 Refuse that life that you've lived. Refuse. Sleepless nights where you can't sleep because the devil is kicking you left, right, and center. Refuse that. Refuse for your children to go around. Refuse and stop it. Come on, church. We got to hear you pray. Can I have a testimony of people here? Can I hear that church train? 